Okay, so hi, I'm Marshall Ryan Moreska. I'm a fantasy and science fiction writer who is mostly known for the Meridane Saga and Velocity of Revolution. I'm also a podcaster on the Stabby-winning and Hugo-nominated podcast, World Building for Masochists. This is a continuing episode of a series about fantasy and science fiction author Marshall Ryan Moreska. Hit it. Yeah, yeah, cool. Well, there we are. I'm done judging you now. <laughs> All right, well, cool. So we haven't talked a lot about your work. So what would you like to talk about? Um, okay, the main bulk of my work, it's always a weird challenge to talk about my work. Over the past few years, I, I've kept trying different forms of like the elevator pitch of it. And I've never gotten it to my satisfaction. My recent best method of doing of pitching my work is hoping that my podcast co-host Cass Morris is standing nearby and just bunt to her. And then she talks about my work in brilliant ways that just, you know, nice are much <laughs> are much, you know, much more flattering than anything I would come up with. Um, this is actually a fairly common situation. That's why a lot of businesses are done with a partner partnership because one person's better at pitching to clients or who are, what you know the sales process. Let's call it that. And uh, the other person's better at actually the doing and execution. So it's a, it's it's a it's difficult for writers to to bridge both. So it's not too uncommon. So you're forgiven. But anyways, keep going. <laughs> so I, the main bulk of my work is is the Meridane Saga, which is a four different series of intertwined trilogies at least phase one is three is four intertwined trilogies uh where i take different tropes and styles and weave those into fantasy novels that then all further weave together to tell a larger arcing plot so the first book that i came up with was the thorn of denton hill and that series is essentially a superhero story in a fantasy setting where I have a magic student by day who is a street vigilante by night who wages a one-man war against a drug cartel. And then that continues with The Alchemy of Chaos and The Impostors of Aventil. And then the next series was the Meridian Constabulary series, which is a police procedural series where I have two hardworking police inspectors who who are trying to solve unsolvable magical crimes, which starts with the murder of mages, and then there's an import of intrigue and a parliament of bodies. And then there's the Streets of Meridian <laughs> series that is a high story about two brothers who get pulled back into doing jobs after their, after their attempt to go legit 
burns down in in in, in intentional arson, and then so then their heists become revenge plots against the people who burned their lives out. And that starts with the whole Valley crew, and then Lady Henderman's wardrobe and the Fenmere job, and then the Meridian Elite is a political thriller fantasy that starts with Way of the Shield and Shield of the People, and then the third one in that is People of the City, where actually the characters. The main characters from all four series are all together in the in the same book. And then the next book I have has absolutely nothing to do with any of these things, which makes it such a hard thing for me to like switch gears like to to talk about and to to promote because like if you're if you're a writer who like everything you've written is kind of different, it's easy to be like I have a series that's this and I have a series that's this and I have a series of this, but then I have all this stuff that is deeply tied together, and then this one book that and this book has nothing to do with it whatsoever. <laughs> so that is the Velocity of Revolution, which is a standalone diesel punk fantasy oh, cool. set in a world where that is filled with motorcycles and magic mushrooms and is about colonization and goddesses on the radio and lots of tacos. That sounds like a really fun story. (laughs) I mean, it's a book that was really hard to write, especially since I did a bulk of the writing at the top of the pandemic. (laughs) And, but it's also like, it was very rewarding for me to write, but I think it's also a book that confuse a lot of people because it's like what is this it's completely different than everything else right you know and i think i think it's it's still i think it's a great book that's yet to fully find its audience but hopefully over time it can more and more people will, will come to it but it is it's it's a lot of fun but it's also it's a rough book because it is about colonization it is about a culture that is under the thumb of other people. And it's inspired a lot in Latin America, especially how in Brazil, when it was colonized, you had these very specific laws about, about where you were in society. Like your social level was based on how much European blood you had or how much native blood you had. And so there is this very strict caste system in this world that, that drives everything and so it's 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 fun but it's not light (laughs) wow okay cool no i didn't know that about brazil too so um is it written in such a way that how do i say it the background of brazil is it is it um how do i it's uh, a is invisible invisible backstory it is set in a secondary world fantasy so there is there is a lot of world building going on there so and so I have to do a lot of work to get readers fully engaged in that in that world building. Uh, I'm going to pivot to talking about my podcast now because my cool. podcast, yeah. World Building for Masochists, is a podcast with me and two other fancy writers, Cass Morris and Rowena Miller, where we talk about doing the world building work in a deep and an in-depth way and the way that you can do that in ways that both challenge your preconceptions and challenge writers to, you know, to take things to the next level. But one of the things we talk about a lot 
is what we call the on-ramping process of a book, where if you have a book where the world is significantly different from our our own world or a traditional fantasy world, you're going to have to do more work to get your readers up to speed, to basically get them up the on-ramp onto the highway so that they can just go along with the speed of the book. And the weirder and more challenging your world building can be, the steeper the on-ramp you're giving to your reader can be. So it is this eternal challenge of keeping that on ramp at a level that can keep your audience engaged, but also get them to where they need to be so that they can understand the rest of the book. Because yeah. you don't want it to be this process of like you need to spend half the book just getting your getting all your ducks in a row so that the last third can finally be, you know, the actual story. You need things to get going right away to be engaging, but at the same time, you don't want your readers to just be like, I don't even understand what's going on and I'm totally lost. Right. So that's that's the sort of balance we, we like to talk about on that show. Nice. And, and then our big thing is also just talking about what we say is choose versus presume, that when you're doing your world building work for whichever things, even if you're doing something that is closer to a more traditional fantasy setting to make sure you're making active choices about the world you're building, as opposed to just presuming how certain things are going to be like, you don't just, you know, like you don't just presume, well, there's, I need to have a, you know, a Royal structure because I need to have a lost prince as being part of my plot. And it's like, Okay, did you make that as an active choice, or you just say to yourself, "Well, that's how fantasies are. That's that's what a fantasy world means." Oh. That's not necessarily the case, but if you're going to do that, then build that in a in an active way where you're the one making choices, as opposed to the choices making you. Nice. Yeah, that makes complete sense. It gets kind of otherwise it avoids the derivative art uh, effect that this yes. often you know can be in books and. Because they're trying to get to the story, but they don't think about the uh, or didn't invest time in, in, in being different enough, and they didn't fantasize as, as much as what they thought they did. They they just uh, yeah, yeah. So a lot of what is happening in Velocity of Revolution is me actively putting so many of those things that we talk about on the podcast into into practice in in the strongest ways that I possibly could manage to do. So <laughs> nice. Yeah. Oh, that sounds like a fun story. I like a uh, poli sci uh, story. So that's a sounds like a little bit of poli sci in there, and you, you, the Brazil uh, uh, research kind of indicates of that too. Uh, then the only my latest book is actually is an unintended voyage, which is set in the same world as Meridane, but set on the other side of the world. So again, I got to do a lot of interesting world building, show a lot of interesting world building work without again making it feel like here is homework, this is going to be on the quiz by the end of the book kind of kind of feelings. So that was a really fun one to write because I also got to take one of my secondary characters from the Meridane saga and shove her to the other side of the world and have, or have to solve the problems of suddenly being on the other side of the world and having no money, not knowing the language, and just trying to figure out how to get by in a situation when she was utterly unprepared to be it. Wow. So I guess big picture, I'm here the diesel punk book and then the mm-hmm. i don't know how to pronounce it the Mara, Meridane saga Meridane saga which is a, a lot of books i think from what i saw on your website 
there are 13 books that are set in Meridane right now, and then and then Velocity Revolution. So. Okay. <laughs> so you basically have like two things, two two separate things cooking. Right. Hey, let's talk a little bit about the secret secret stuff that you probably don't want to talk about. Like you were working on some science fiction. What can you tell us? I mean, you don't need a, you know, of course things will change, titles may even change, things like that. But uh, what kind of story that you you writing? Um, I've got two things science fictionally that I've been fiddling with. One has been this sort of long-standing space opera work in progress that I was recently going over again what I had written and realizing I probably will need to tear it down to the studs and rebuild it completely. But that one is like set in a very like space opera setting where humans are part of a larger interstellar community and are basically... I'm sort of turning the Star Trek idea on its head a little bit, where a essentially like the equivalent of the Federation already exists, and they're they're now saying to humans, "Hey, maybe you guys can join us now," as opposed to humans being at the center of it. And so the big idea is this ship that's one of their ships. My main character is the first human to get to serve on one of their ships. And then uh, hijinks ensue. Um, but cool. it's, it still needs a lot of work. And then one of my other ideas is something that's set in a, at least a more of a grounded sci-fi setting where I have humanity having colonized solar system and I'm still working out the kinks of how all that shakes down. But again, I want to I want to explore ideas of like class and debt and wealth and who who gets to be doing things, especially in like what does it mean to to live in space and who gets to work and who gets to own things. And so I'm still coalescing the ideas on that one. But one one of the things I'm playing with is that the the main characters and the main ship that they are on, they don't own it yet, but they've almost paid off the mortgage on the ship, and what what that means in terms of their obligations to the people who do still hold the lien on the ship, and what it takes to pay it off, and things like that. So, but still, will also be you know, rollicking action because I I can't give that part up but but i'm still you know trying to figure i'm still trying to figure all that out yeah right on nice Hi, I'm Marshall Ryan Moreska. I'm a fantasy and science fiction writer who is mostly known for the Meridane Saga and Velocity of Revolution. I'm also a podcaster on the Stabby Winning and Hugo-nominated podcast, World Building for Masochists. And as a call to action, I want you, listener, if you're the type of person who's ever thought to yourself, I really want to write a book that's this, or I really want to try and do this thing that I've had the idea of doing, if you think you've got a book in you, I want you to try to write it. You can do it. Come visit the show notes and you will see goodies such as a link to world building for masochists that Marshall is 
post of and you will find his website and a bunch of other things such as a press kit and a link to armadillocon where are the show notes the show notes are right there in your podcast player if you look at the text that's loaded with your podcast app you don't use a podcast application well then you go back to the website where you downloaded this mp3 and on that web page you will see the show notes there This series started in episode 190. If you want to find the series page that contains all the episodes for this series with Marshall Ryan Mariska, go ahead and type into your favorite search engine, Lancer, Sci-Fi Thoughts, Marshall Ryan Mariska. Mariska is spelled M-A-R, as in shorthand for March than ESCA and a mnemonic for that is Earth Science Convention Academy M-A-R-E-S-C-A